Well, we are wrapping up the series, Jesus Talks Money, all right? Jesus Talks Money here uh, today, and I really feel bad because, you know, last week I got a little distracted, and the previous week just things happened, and I missed out on something, and I forgot to share it, and so I just want to be able to start this week there. Um, you know, New Testament is written what language? Greek, exactly. It's written in Greek. So, you know, sometimes when we look at our New Testaments, there's things going on that we don't see because we're reading English, and like in the Greek, there's something going on. And there's something you, you probably aren't aware of, that in the original Greek, every time Jesus would talk about money or he would talk about finance or anything, there's this consistent refrain that comes up in the original Greek, okay? And we miss out on this, and so I just actually, can we play? Sometimes my jokes work, and when they don't, I blame Hunter. That was his idea. That wasn't. That wasn't. Okay. Some of you were so looking forward to some deep theological understanding that was not there. It was not there, okay? No, but we've been talking about, sorry, we've been talking about money, and I've said this, that in the church, in the church, we have a problem, right? We either talk about money too much. We got, you know, it's just like too much or we don't talk about it at all. Why? Because it's awkward. It's a little uncomfortable. Like we don't necessarily want to talk about these things. But I've told you that I am failing you as your pastor if we don't talk about this. Okay? We have to talk about money. We have to talk about the stuff. Why? Because Jesus talked about it a whole lot. And this thing of money and stuff has a huge impact on our spiritual walk. We may not think about it, but it has a huge impact on it. And so we're going to deal with these things. And so I've said to you, you know what? We can't deal with everything Jesus had to say in three weeks. Uh, but I promise you, we're going to talk about this on a regular basis around here. Not because I want to, but because we need to. It's vital to our spiritual walk that we deal with these things, okay? Uh, but my promise, or my... My goal for this series was that we'd have three weeks, that we'd have three separate uh, principles that we could take away to apply to our spiritual walk, to apply to our finances, and that would help us just to shape our money around God's kingdom, all right? And so this morning, we're going to give our final, uh, final principle, and I, and I just think that this is one of the most core principles that could literally affect every area of your life, and so I'm looking forward to share this one. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse number 14. As always, if you don't have a Bible, I would encourage you every week, bring a Bible. We are going to be opening our word. We want to study. It doesn't matter what I got to say. So what does God have to say? Matthew chapter 25. Again, if you forget one, you can borrow one from the table. If you don't own a Bible, it's our gift to you, okay? We want you to take a Bible. You can write your name on it. That is our gift to you, all right? Would you stand with me as we're going to read our primary text here, Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse number 14. It's a little bit of a longer passage here, so stick with me. Try and visualize this story. This is a story that Jesus is telling, all right? So here we go. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, what, 
replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your, ha- your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, investing where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. You knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Let's pray. God, we don't take your word lightly. We don't stand just because that's what we have to do. We do it because we know your word matters and we want you to know we care about it. So God, I pray that we would care about your word here. Father, we wouldn't take your words, the very words of Christ, we wouldn't take it lightly. But Father, I pray you would speak to each and every one of our hearts, not my words, speak what you want to say to every single person. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. All right, uh, so we've been in this series, you know, the last several weeks, and we spent the first uh, portion of this series, first two weeks, in the Sermon on the Mount. And so I kind of want to go back. I want to make sure you know where we've been so that way it'll make sense about what we're going to talk about today, okay? Uh, So we were in the Sermon on the Mount, which starts in Matthew chapter 5. It's Matthew chapter 5 through like middle of 7. And uh, Jesus is talking to his followers, and he's explaining to them what is the kingdom of God, what does it look like to live in the kingdom? He's saying, listen, everybody else lives this way, but if you're going to be a kingdom person, you're going to live this way, right? That's what he's he's drawn in this whole thing. And then we get to chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount, and he begins to talk about rewards. And he's saying, listen, don't live for rewards down here on earth. Remember, what did he say? Live for rewards in heaven, right? And then we get to the message that we had on week one, and he says, don't store up for yourself treasures here on earth, right? That's a really, really bad investment. You remember that message? It was a bad investment. Why would you waste it? Don't do that. It's, it's going to fail. It's, gonna, it's not going to last. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. It'll never fail. It'll never rust. It'll never get stolen. That's the far better investment, Right? And then he begins to talk financially. We talked about this. The text begins to speak about this financially. And we get to verse number 21. And what did verse 21 say? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? What was the big so what from week number one? It was this. Your money is a map and a magnet. Right? Your money is a map and a magnet. Okay, uh, how many of you are old enough to remember a map that's made out of paper? Okay. Okay. My kids, like, they only know that maps are digital, right? But remember, what's most important on a map? The most important thing first is you got to figure out where you are. Because until you figure out where you are on the map, the map isn't helping you, right? And see, your money is a map. It tells you where you are. Where is your heart, right? But it's more than just a map. It's a magnet, right? It's a magnet. It actually pulls at you because what's the scripture say? Where your treasure is, there your heart 
will be, right? Your money, what you invest in, what you choose to value, what you choose to treasure is like a magnet for your heart. It pulls at you. And we said this is good news because it means if you don't like where your heart's at, simply change what you're treasuring. Your heart will pull toward those things, okay? And I gave you guys all a challenge in week number one. It was this. Look at your money and see what it says about your heart. And some of you hopefully took that step. Some of you maybe haven't finished taking that step. I would encourage you to do that. Look at your, just look at it. I said, look over the last month. Just see what your money tells you about where your heart is, okay? But then we get into uh, the, the rest of the passage, and verse number 24 said this, you can't serve both God and money. Remember that passage? You can't serve God and money. He continues this idea. There's two things, right? And then we get to this message from last week, and what was it? The word was trust. Do we trust God, or do we trust in our wealth here on earth? Like, who is it that we're trusting, you know? And we got our big so what last week, and it was this. Your money reveals trust. When you look at your money, it determines who you are trusting. And the key verse from last week was what? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? Seek that first. That should be the preeminent thing. That should be the priority. That should be the thing we're building our lives on. If we say we're, we're following Jesus and we say that he is first and foremost, then we need to begin to build our money around it. And remember we talked last week that kingdom people have a different way of running their money. What do kingdom people do with their money? First, they do this. They give and then they save and then they live, right? We say first and foremost, we give. God, we are putting your kingdom first. The first thing we think about when we receive, we don't do it like everybody else. Everybody else, we receive and then we just live, 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 live. No, we receive and we say, how can we invest in eternal things? How can we invest in the kingdom of God? That's the first thing we think about. And then wisdom says we should save. Prepare for the future. Scripture teaches that, okay? And then we live. And I didn't say this last week, but this might be the most important thing. Everybody pay attention for these three seconds, okay? This should never be more than 100% of what you make. Okay? If this is ever more than 100% of what you're making, that's a problem, okay? Okay, we, that's, that's, that's giving, that's, you're upside down at this point in time, Okay? Okay, so just, that's just a little, that's a, just a side one. You can take that one. I'm not even going to charge you for it, okay? All right, and then we talked about putting kingdom first. It means investing first, and we talked about the principle of tithing, the principle of tithing, which is 10%, saying, God, I'm going to invest in you first. God, I'm going to give you 10% first, right? That's what we talked about in, in this passage. And, but I said the challenge was for all of us is that we would begin to put God's kingdom first in our finances through tithing. And for some of you, that is a step that you're already taking. For others of you, that's something you've been, you've been kind of a little, I'm a little lax on that. And we say, no, we're going to begin to make that a priority. We're going to priority, uh, prioritize the kingdom of God. But I said this for some of you, that's an overwhelming step. Because the reality is that's not where you're at right now. And that's okay. So I challenge you toward this, premeditated, consistent giving. Premeditated meaning you plan it. Consistent meaning you always do it. You know? And I don't care what that is. I don't care if it's a buck. Every time you get paid, I'm going to give the first buck. I don't care what it is. Begin that journey of prioritizing the kingdom of God. Not because I need your money, but because it does something in your soul when you go from this position to this position. You say, God, I'm building my life around your kingdom. I am seeking first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, right? Okay? Cool. So that's where we've been, right? And hopefully you've been challenged so far. Hopefully you've been encouraged up until this point. But there's a problem, and this is what we're going to talk about today. Is if we aren't careful, we can have the wrong mindset when it comes to our money. And this is the question we can begin to ask. What part of 
my money am I giving to God? What part of my money am I giving to God? See, we can see our money and our finances as this distinct thing that we possess and we choose to give it. But is that really the case? Okay. So we, I want to look at the, the parable that we had right here. As always, when we look at Scripture, it's important to know what the context Okay, what's the context? And so a couple of Jesus' disciples and followers come after him, and they begin to ask him questions. And they're asking him questions about the end, like what's going to happen at the end. And so Jesus teaches them some really specific things, gives some prophecy in there. And then he tells three parables that explain what it's going to be like in the end and describing the kingdom of God, okay? And we get to this passage, or this passage, which is one of those parables. Now, something you need to understand about a parable. I know we use the word parable a lot. Here's what a parable does. A parable is teaching just one or two main points. But if you press the parable, you can make it say things it wasn't intended to say. Okay? A parable's intent is not that every little facet of this parable has a parallel somewhere in it. Okay? If you do that, you press them beyond what they were supposed to do. They were meant to share a major thought, a major idea. Okay? And so that's what we want to be able to look at this. So this parable... Uh, that Jesus tells is really clear. We get it, you know. There's a guy, he owns a bunch of stuff. He's got some servants. He's going to leave. He says, hey, I'm going to let you guys have my stuff. Try and do something with it. So he gives one five, gives one two, gives one one, leaves. Comes back, goes to the five guy. What'd you do? Five guys, oh, I'm hungry right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that wasn't in my notes. I literally, who wants to go to five guys after lunch? Okay, anybody? <laughs> it just came to my mind. <laughs> Sorry, bird, what? <laughs> um, Gets the five bags of gold. He gets, and he gets five more, right? Then he goes to the two. The two guys like, hey, I took the two. I got two more. Sweet. Awesome. Okay. Goes to the one guy. He's like, eh, I didn't really do anything with it. Just kind of buried it for a while. Here it is, you know. He's like, seriously? Seriously? That's what you did with what I gave you? Are you serious, right? I could define this entire parable in three very short statements. It's this. Here's what God's trying to say. God's the owner, we're the servants, God holds us accountable. God's the owner of everything. We're the servants, he holds us accountable. What does it mean? God is the owner. It's easy for us to think that what we have is ours, but the reality is what we have has been entrusted to, the, to us. I think about my kids, right? My kids think they have clothes, they think they have a home. They think they have a bedroom, right? The reality is they got nothing. They came into this world with nothing, with less than nothing. They came in buck naked and pooping, right? We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And, and they cost me money, right? They're less, than, less than zero is what they bring to the pile, okay? And I love my, and I joke about it. You know me. I love my kids to pieces. I will buy them anything. I want to do anything for my kids. Okay, but there are times where Amber and I will have to say things like this. Hey, 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 we love you guys, but mommy and daddy gave that to you, and we can take it away, right? I'll take that thing back, right? It is not yours. Like, it has been entrusted to you, right? And the reality is, just like my kids, we are God's kids and he has given us entrusted things to us, right? It isn't ours. We didn't own it. He is the owner. He has entrusted it to us. Just like those servants, we've received everything from him. And the parable makes it so clear that what God has entrusted us with, we are accountable to. 
We are going to stand before God and say, what did we do with what you gave us, what you put in our hands? Now, this has huge, wide-ranging application in our lives, all right? So far beyond the finances and the money, right? When we talk about, first off, we talk about our time, our time. How are we using our time? God is entrusted. That's the one non-renewable resource we have in our lives, right? You know, the older you get, the more you realize, man, it's just going like that. Like, seriously, what is happening? What are we doing with our time? How are we investing it? How are we using it? We're accountable to that. Comes to our talents. Some of you got skills, right? Some of you got skills, and the question is, God has entrusted those skills to you. He has placed those in your hands. What are you doing with it? Are you being faithful? Are you using what he's given for his kingdom? That's the question. What are we doing with the talents God's given us? The relationships. Some of you have relationships. I don't care. Maybe it's family, but maybe it's beyond that. Maybe it's that classmate student, that student that nobody, there is no other follower of Christ that has a relationship with that kid, but you do, right? God has entrusted that to your hands. Are you being faithful with that? Some of you, you've got a coworker, that coworker, and they're a wreck, and they kind of bug you, right? And they're kind of annoying. God has entrusted them to you. Are you being faithful with them? What are you doing with that relationship, right? It's hard, because it's hard, I get it. Like we, we like to think, ah, I just don't want to deal with it. No, that is a relationship God has entrusted to you. Last influence. Some of you have influence, and it doesn't matter how much. I don't care if you got this much influence or this much influence. The question is, are you being faithful because you're accountable to that influence that you have? What are you doing with it, right? But as we talk about this message specifically, what does it mean for our finances? That God has entrusted a level of resources to every single one of us. And so I want to get to our big so what here this morning. This is our third principle for this series. It's this. It's all his. We're just stewards. It's all his. We're just stewards. When it comes to your money, your resources, okay, everything you got in your bank account and everything you wish you had in your bank account it's all his, we're just stewards. What is a steward? That's not a word that we use these days, right? Steward is somebody who takes care of other, another person's stuff, okay? That's the, that's the layman's version of that one, okay? Taking care of it. So it means all this stuff we got was not ours in the first place. It's all his. Question, what are we doing with it? Are we stewarding it well you know, this has wide-ranging implication, but when it comes to the money, remember what I said? When it comes to our money and our finances, we can see it as this distinct thing that we choose to give. But in reality, we are simply stewarding everything for God. That's the challenge we have, okay? And here's what, ma what matters. It doesn't matter how much resources you have. That's not the question. The question is, how faithful are you going to be? right? It's not an issue of how much. It's how faithful. And this is what I love is because I've watched, you know, I, I'm, I'm always watching people and seeing what they do with their life. And I've seen some of the most generous, most selfless people who view themselves as stewards have virtually no money. Be people that have little to no means, but they say, God, what I have, I'm going to choose to give. It's like the story when Jesus pulls his disciples. There's a, there's a passage in Mark where Jesus pulls his disciples aside. Say, guys, 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 come here. 
And he watches all the people giving money at the temple, right? And all the rich people come and they say, look at what I'm giving and I'm so great, whatever. And then who comes up? This little poor widow. And Jesus says, guys, look at that. And they're all like, what? It's just a poor widow giving two coins. Not a big deal. He says, no, that woman gave more than everybody else. Why? Because she is a good, she is stewarding what she has wealth. And the challenge for us isn't, God, can I have more wealth? It's, God, can I be more faithful? Because then it doesn't matter how much he gives you. Listen, I think sometimes God is looking to bless more than you have received, but you have not proven yourself faithful. And he says, I'm not giving you anymore until you are faithful with what you got. And it's not just true of finances. That's every area of our life. Are we faithful? Listen, as a church, God is not going to bring more people into this building until we are faithful with those he's already brought. We are called to be faithful. That's the challenge for us. And in our finances, can we say, God, we are here to be faithful, to, to steward well. As followers of Christ, we're called to give. Absolutely. Every single one of us is called to give. But here's the deal. Giving money to God is like my kids buying me a present. Whose money did they use to buy that present? <laughs> but I let them. You want to know why? Because it teaches them generosity. It teaches them what it means to be a steward. It teaches them what it is to, to be used, to give, right? So I gladly, I'll give them money all the time if they're going to use that for somebody else, you know? If they're choosing to invest, if they're, if they're raising money for, for some kids in another part of the world, like, I'll give them all the money in the world. Why? Because I want to train them to be a funnel. I'm going to train them what it is to steward properly, right? And that's, that's where God is with us and saying, listen, he doesn't need anything. He doesn't. Remember, he made it all. Like, not a big deal. He's good, right? He gives us resources so that we can learn what it looks like to live in the kingdom. What does it look like to be good stewards, Right, Because he's trying to build a new person. He's trying to build a new people that function, not like the world does, but that function in a totally different way. And that's the purposes of these resources, that we would be faithful. All right. So when we miss out on this idea of stewardship, I think we can begin to think of things the wrong way. Here's what happens. I think we can begin to have a little bucket focus. Little bucket focus, Right? A lot of times we'll pass around buckets for offerings. You show up places. Oh, yeah, we're going to put something in the bucket. That's good, right? And that's good because all of us, you know, some of you, like, when you're stirred emotionally, you put something in the bucket. That's cool, okay? And that's good. We, we do that. And then there's some of you who you've taken the step of, of like, I want to I be a faithful giver, and I give consistently. Some of you take a step to, like, I'm going to give 10%, and I'm going to do that, right? And that's great. And, and I, like I said, Amber and I abide by that. There's others of you that take that step, and we do that. And that's really good, but if we're not careful, here's the attitude we can begin to have. God, I've given you my 10%. Keep your hands off my 90, because that's mine. Now, what I'm talking about is that attitude, to say, God, here's what I give you. This is mine. And we would never say that out loud. Nobody's ever going to, you know, I don't, I've never encountered a single person that's ever said that. But that's the way we live our lives, right? So I did. God, I give you. Look at what I gave you. Like, I can do whatever I want to now, right? Like, I'm good. We're good. Right? And the reality is this isn't what, what we're supposed to. Having the little bucket focus is never the goal. The goal is that we would have the big bucket focus. Thank you, Hunter. 
This is what it means to follow Christ. You say, I make Jesus my Lord. You know what it means? Everything gets in the bucket. Not my 10% and then 90s for me. When it comes to my finances, everything goes in the bucket. It's no longer mine. I don't get to say how much of my money am I giving to God. It's saying, no, God, everything I have is yours. It's all yours, and I want to steward it well. It's all yours. I'm just a steward, God. I'm going to try and take the money you've given me, and I want to, I want to give generously. I want, to, I want to help other people, and it's not just simply giving here at church. It's saying, God, I want, to, I want to be the kind of person that is always asking, God, what would you like to do with this finances? When I have money come in, it isn't saying just, what can I do with it? What's the new thing I can buy? It's saying, God, how can I invest this for eternal purposes? How can I bless someone else? Maybe my neighbor is struggling. How can I give toward my neighbor? Maybe there's somebody in my community that has a need. How can I give that? How can I steward what you've given me well for the sake of the kingdom that we would store up for ourselves treasures in heaven not here on earth this is what it looks like to be a follower of christ to forget the dumb little bucket it's not about the little bucket it's about the big bucket it says i am all in everything i have is for your kingdom god i'm not i'm gonna i might put 10 percent in a bucket But the other 90, I'm always asking the question, God, how can I steward this well? How can I steward this well for your kingdom, for the people around me? How can I be a good steward? All right? Because there's some of us, and I I mentioned this last week, there's some of us that that little bucket has become a limitation to what God could do through you. Because you've said, I've hit my limit. I've done my 10%, check my box, carry on. And God might be calling. Maybe the reason he has blessed you so much financially It's because he wants to do something through you. That that, those extra finances are not for you. It's to go through you and to be used for God's glory. What is God calling you to? Right? We got to have a big bucket understanding. And I think the best big bucket we have is the one that's sitting right over here that we're going to have a chance to baptize some people today. It's the big bucket. What's baptism say? all in we baptize by immersion here why do we do that one because that's what Jesus did two it's because it's symbolic of this fact that we are all in like we're all in this thing we are dying to ourselves he is Lord remember we talked about it this summer when we say Jesus is Lord what are we saying we give you the power of decision making over our lives we no longer are calling the shots God we, we relinquish that control to you in every area of our lives And baptism says that, God, I am burying myself. I am dying to myself, and I am living for you completely, every part of me. There's a story that I heard one time about the Knights Templar. Maybe you're familiar with this. Um, Tradition goes this way, that the Knights Templar were involved in the Crusades. They, uh, you know, trying to take back the Holy Land and a lot of stuff, and they were truly knights, and they would fight and all that kind of stuff, and Um, There's a tradition goes that when the Knights Templar would get baptized, they would get baptized with their swords out of the water. Why? Say, God, I'm surrendered to you totally, but I'm going to have to do some stuff with this sword that probably isn't good, and I'm not bringing that under the water with me. And if we're all honest, we've all got a sword. We've all got those areas in our life. We say, God, I'm all in. 
I'm surrendered to you, but not this time, right? For some of you, it is. It's issues of time. It's saying, God, I'm gonna, I, don't, I got this thing. It just takes all my time, but I'm not surrendering that to you. For some of you, it's, it's basic issues of morality. You say, you know what, I, this is convenient for me to continue living this way, so I'm going to keep doing that, and God, I'm just going to keep that one outside of the tank. For some of you, it's issues of sexuality, and you would say, you know the situation you find yourself in sexually is not surrendered to Christ, but you say, you know what, I'm going to get baptized, but keep that little sexuality piece out of the bucket, because that one's mine, Right? For all of us, when it comes to our finances, I think, honestly, for so many of us, it's like we've gotten baptized with our wallet outside of the bucket. Say, God, this one's mine. Well, I might give you my 10%, but the rest is mine. Don't touch my money, right? And I've said this from the beginning. This This isn't a conversation about money. It's a conversation about heart. Because God desires to reveal something about your heart through your money. He desires to teach you obedience, to teach you surrender, to teach you submission to his authority through finances. And so I'm not asking anything of you other than could we all get to a place where we say, God, we are utterly surrendered to you. We have put everything we have in the bucket. No reservations. We're not holding our swords out. We're not holding our wallets out. We're not holding our relationships out. We're not holding anything out. It's all for you right? Because as we live that way, then we begin to look like the kingdom people. You know who we begin to look like? Jesus. We begin to look like the one. What is the the verse we all know? God so loved the world that he gave. That is the very nature and character of God. God is trying to form that character in us. His desire for us is that we would be formed in the image of his son, that we would look like Jesus. And that's the challenge for us. Would we begin to live that way? Would we allow him to shape us that way? I've got a challenge. If you want to, can you pull up the challenge for me from the message? The challenge for this week is simply this. Ask yourself, does something need to change in my finances because I'm a steward? If so, do it. <laughs> Ask the question. And what, if you've got an answer to the question, then my challenge is do it. Whatever it is. If we're going to say he's Lord, then we got to change some stuff, right? I know in my life there's some stuff that's got to change. I want to live surrendered. And so God, reveal, speak to me, and then help me have the courage to do it, all right? Would you bow your heads pray with me? God, we thank you. Thank you so much that you, um, you aren't harsh. You don't come and whack us over the head. No, you call us to a deeper level. You're always calling us deeper in yourself deeper into faithfulness, deeper into surrender. And we thank you for that, Jesus. God, I I am just praying right now across this room, God, that you would speak to individuals, that you would speak to their hearts. God, that they they could hear your voice, not hear my voice. I don't care what I got to say, not, not what their neighbor has to say. God, may they hear your voice right now. I'm gonna give you one minute. I'm just gonna ask you, ask the Spirit of God on your own. Ask, God, is there an area of my life that I need to change because I'm a steward? Is there an area of my finances that needs to change, a mentality that I need to change because I'm a steward and not an owner? Just ask him, and I believe he's gonna speak to you.
Father, we start with a position of gratefulness, recognizing that everything you give to us comes from you. Everything we have comes from you. Even the stuff that we think is ours, it came from you. You put the very breath in our lungs, and we're grateful for that, Lord. And God, I pray that we would be good stewards of that with our time, the things we spend our time on, our energy on, with our talents, the giftings that you've given us, and even with our treasure, Lord. May we, may we just be stewards that prioritize you above everything else. God, I pray that you would help us in this series. As we, It's really easy when we get to the end of a series, God, to just, just move on to the next thing. God, I pray that this would change the way we live. God, you aren't just looking for people that say things. You're looking for people who are becoming something. And so, God, I pray that we would become more like Jesus. God, help us to take practical steps to live this out, God. God, that, that next week and, and the week after that and the year after this, and just as time goes on, we would grow more and more into people who are following after you with every part of our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everyone said.